work for as many people as they can so they can learn from everyone because everyone's got their own way of making things. They've got their own style. They've got their special skills that they only, only them use. So I recommend people to work with as many people as they can and also to network, network, network and uh, nourish uh, those connections. Welcome to Blazon. This week, I'm talking to Verna Pasquinelli, who is a Milner props and set fabricator based in London. Verna specializes in contemporary millinery and prop design. She founded her studio in 2017, where she creates props and millinery for shows, fashion editorials, music videos, and film productions. My name is Verna. I'm from Italy, and I've been in London for the last 15 years. And I am a millionaire, a prop maker, set dresser. I don't know what I am. I just do lots of bits <laughs> and bobs. <laughs> Perfect. So you mentioned props. What kind of props do you make? I work a lot with fashion brands or um, magazines, and I tend to do props for editorials or for visual merchandising events. It's all very diverse. Yeah, it's mainly for editorials. Okay, perfect. So that's quite interesting. So give us an example of a recent prop that you put together. Well, I've done miniature furniture for a perfume advertising campaign for On Vogue that's going to come out in a couple of weeks. And Amazing. I just did like a, a miniature hat like and a mini bed and a mini sofa. And then lots of like mini carpet, lots of miniature furniture. But sometimes I get asked to make, I don't know, giant birds or raindrops or anything weird. And I love it. <laughs> All right, perfect. So, what's the thought process that goes behind something like that? So, someone reaches out to you with a concept or a commission. And then from there, what does the process work like? If you could give us an insight into how that works. Well, I work a lot with photographers, set designers, visual merchandisers, event organizers. And uh, yeah, usually they, they come with me with an idea or like, uh, I don't know, they have an idea, this concept that they want to create for this particular photo shoot. And uh, they would like to have this, I don't know, particular characters uh, featuring. And, and then we kind of uh, brainstorm of different ways these things can be achieved. And it's, it usually all starts from like a, a mood board and right. uh, where everyone kind of puts in the, their own input as well. And then, um, and then we just take it from there. So they just like email you a mood board that, that this is the concept that they have in mind. Yeah. And then you just start brainstorming around yeah. that, setting feedback back and forth yeah. with regards to that. And then once we decide like what we want to go for, I basically have to come up with ways of how something can be achieved. And that's what the part that I like the most is like solving puzzles. Because to be honest, I never know how to make whatever I need to make. But I always right. figure it out there and then, you know. And that's, right. that's what I like. It, that's why I like this job, because it's always different and you always need to kind of solve some puzzles or you have to work with ridiculous budgets 
So, but you have to still make it like make the most amazing things with like no right. money. Right. So yeah, and then we just get it get it done. And I tend to do all the props and to to create everything myself. And and then I I always like to be on the shoot to make sure that the props are used correctly, are displayed correctly. So I, I also do some sort of like set design assistant, just making sure that the props are used correctly. That's interesting. We'll come back to that later because that that sounds like an interesting process in itself. So your miniature furniture thing really intrigues me. <laughs> so how did that concept even appear? So what did they reach out to you with? It was a really fun project because so many people were involved. Right. Basically, I, 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 I must tell you that I started making props because when I was starting to be a millionaire, I was working in this restaurant and I met this girl, Carolina, who used to uh, study photography at the London College of Fashion. And right. we also used to be living in the same area. So we started right. doing lots of projects together. I would make her random stuff for her photography and she'd help me with my own projects. Right. And, uh, and I'm still working with this girl since nowadays. Oh, amazing. And Car- Carolina came up with this uh, concept of the miniature sets together with another company called uh, Thick Strings. So they came right. out with all the all the, the concept and the art direction. Right. And then it was the, I was involved and uh, there was another girl called Harriet that did, does miniature um, flower displays and then a stylist was involved. So there was uh, there's so many people that did lots of little bits and then we put them all together and right. it's just incredible right i can't i can't wait to see it sounds to see the final pictures yeah i can't wait as well now that you mentioned <laughs> it I'm, I'm really looking forward I'll, I'll keep an eye up make sure you share a link to that oh once yeah it's out. perfect so you started out as a milner yeah so as you were developing your skills they were the foundation was based on millinery and then it developed from there. Yeah, correct. Oh, perfect. Oh, that's amazing. So could you give us an insight into, into this journey from a milliner to prop design? And so just some insight behind that. Yeah. Uh, well, even millinery just came by chance. Uh, I was supposed to go to Holland and study fashion design. But before going to Holland, I decided to do a year in London. And... Right. Uh, and I was working as a waitress, and one day we had this wedding, and uh, lot, and then so all these women come in with this most amazing hats on their heads, which I'd never seen before. So right. I got really curious, and uh, I did like a workshop and lots of classes, and I kind of got hooked, and decided uh, that I wanted to to do this. So I did an HNC at Kensington and Chelsea College. And uh, that's where I met. And then I started working for this restaurant where I met Carolina Mizrahi. And um, after finishing my course, I worked with the best British millionaires. And uh, they all had very different way of working, very different styles. Some of them were very focused on the details and construction. Some of them were really like, was more graphic and more poppy, yes, more, uh, more contemporary. And uh, I also uh, freelanced for uh, a company that did hats 
for all the theater, uh, for all the Disney musicals. So then I learned a different way of constructing things. Right. And because each person and each aspect of millinery is, is so diverse. You know, when you're a millinery, you, you're a textile artist, you're a, a wire worker, a welder, uh, you, you make like uh, incredible, intricate flower decorations or beading. So you need to know a lot of skills. Right. And then when I set up my own studio in, in 2017, I continue with my millinery. I started my own millinery brand, but I tried pushing more the prop side of things because I found it's, it's always different. And, and then you tend to work with a lot of people. It's not just you coming up with an idea and just executing it. It's a collective. And yeah, and it's just fun, you know, and it's, it always, uh, it's always, I always learn. Every time, in every single project, I always learn. Amazing. So from Melanie, so you mentioned moving on to props. So what led to that? Uh, I think it was because of my friend. She kept asking me more and more to do props for her. And then I would go on uh, work on shoots and uh, and meet other people. And and then and then right. it, was, it was just kind of snowballed. Right. Like that. But yeah, the start was just making props for my friends. <laughs> okay, perfect. So you mentioned when it came to prop design that you get involved on the day of the shoot. And that kind of makes sense because you'd want your props to be used in a way that meets how you were viewing them when you were going over the mood boards and trying to understand the visual aspects of of how you are dreaming about it almost like visually perceiving it so on the day what happens at the shoot when you're trying to make sure that 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 the vision that you had is that the people around are trying to achieve that same vision well on the day i work with the set designer helping you know with the installing the sets and then i just have to place the props in a way that they look good on camera and they look good from everywhere. So I right. tend to look, I tend to kind of walk uh, back and forth from the set and the camera to see like what angle works best. And uh, and then I basically spend the day just there making sure that, you know, that, that they always look good. Right. So what kind of feedback do you get on the day? So, so you said make it look good. So... What does that process involve, making it look good? It sounds like there's quite a bit of feedback that goes back and forth, maybe between you and the set designer, uh, maybe even the stylist and the photographer. Yeah, exactly. Um, so how does that conversation work? Well, we need to make sure that they are in frame. That uh, It depends if, if it's like something that needs to be prominent in the in the picture, then you have to place it in a way that is, uh, you know, it's, it does, it's, it's, it's what it is supposed to do. Or right. if it needs to be something in the background where it does, doesn't need to be seen too much, then you have to kind of disguise it somehow. So there is, a, you kind of, yeah, work with the stylist and the photographer, the set designer, everyone just to make sure that the all the... Like the, the final result is, is going to be what what the pictures needs to be about. Right. 
it sounds very complicated. <laughs> no, it's not. It's just uh, yeah. It's, I don't know. I think it's just composition. <laughs> yeah. I think in general, like like you mentioned, uh, millinery in general requires a lot of skills in many different areas coming together. Yeah. How does a person build those skills? So, for example, if someone is starting out, what was your process almost to like build yourself up to this place where you're so comfortable? In in doing this, so if you were, for example, talking to yourself from ten years ago, uh, what's what sort of advice would would you give if someone wants to become a prop designer? Well, I would recommend people to work for as many people as they can, so they can learn from everyone because everyone's got their own way of making things. They've got their own style. They've got their special skills that they only only them use. So I recommend people to work with as many people as they can, and also to network, 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 and uh, nourish uh, those connections. Do collaborations with your friends, yeah, and just go for it. Even if you know you don't know how to go for it, just just throw yourself into it and do it. Oh, amazing. <laughs> so, like, as part of this, are there any particular resources that have helped you out over the years? Uh, yeah, I guess, as I was saying, when you are a milliner, you are a, a sculptor, a textile artist, a tailor, uh, you are a wire worker, a welder, and also, you know, the, the opportunity that I had of working with uh, within the couture millinery, theatrical millinery, commercial millinery, and uh, I've also worked for a textile artist uh, that did uh, these huge installations. So that also helped me, like, understanding the way you can uh, manipulate fabrics and uh, the way you can create massive, like, installations with just, like, a, a 2D uh, material. Right. So all of, all of this kind of helped me. Uh, they gave me a different perspective. Uh, they kind of have me thinking outside the box. Right. Give me a better understanding of construction, space, balance, colors. Right. And also, I was never scared of doing something I've never done before. So that right. also also helped. So it's almost like the best resources for an individual would actually vary based on where their strengths are. Because so many different skills are needed, like you said, like welding, tailoring all these different things. So what might be a good resource for one person might not be a good resource for another person. No, but I think I think it is good. It would be good to be kind of adaptable. Right. Like because your you know your medium doesn't really define who you are. And right. uh, I think you yeah I think, yeah, you just need, to, especially now with what we're going through now, you need to kind of think outside the box and uh, see what you can do, what else you can do with the things you know how to do. Right. And just experiment as much as possible. Yeah. Have fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Which is important regardless of what you do. Exactly. If, you, if you're not having fun, you wouldn't be doing it for very long. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to things like editorial props versus uh, things like musical or theater props. How do they, when it comes to thinking about them and when it comes to actually developing them, what are like the main differences? 
Well, the the taller prop you need uh, for one day. Right. So and less robust. It's less robust. Yeah. And uh, usually you only see it from one side. So right. sometimes it looks, you know, you've got these amazing things at the front, but then you look at the back, it's like you have sticks holding it up. <laughs> right. So, but and, and, and in theater, you know, in theater, they do minimum like two shows a day and they do it for a very long time and things right. get knocked off here and there all over the place. And so things need to be robust, strong, and they need to look good for a long time. So the making process is very different. Right. Uh, but like when it comes to things like um, the actual thought process around designing the look and feel, is that part quite similar? I think you need to think about how, in uh, either in theater or, or in, uh, in editorial, we both, you know, in both sides, they want the, the product or whatever, the set, to be looking great. Yeah. Because in theater, it needs to last longer. Yeah. So when you design it, you need to take all of that into account. Right. So you need to actually, you need to design it with a making process in mind. Right. When in, in editorial, is you, you can just knock it up sometimes. Right. Right. And that would filter down into things like the mood board when you're having discussions. Uh, that you would take those kind of things into account as well. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. So, like, what is, like, the turnaround time for something like that? So, for example, <laughs> this miniature, I, I keep on coming back to your miniature furniture because it, it, it just it sounds fascinating. <laughs> so, what is, like, the turnaround for that? So, if you have a commission, how long does it take to put something like that together? That is the problem, you see? Because in fashion, <laughs> everyone wants things for tomorrow. Right. So then, then you might talk about it for like weeks, but then by the time people make a decision, you only have like two days to do wow. something. So it can be very stressful and you always live with the, with the idea that you're never going to make it. Right. But I always do. I always make it. But, you know, it's kind of that living on the edge that is right. really can be really stressful. But in theater, you have you have much longer turnaround. Like, you know, right. I, I need this set, I don't know, and I need it because the construction is so different. And I need right. it for like in three months time. So you have time to kind of plan and do everything. But for fashion, right. you, you know it from the day, from one day to another. And you wow. need to do it and you need to find a way to do it and make it work. Wow, so someone can come to you with a mood board today and say, I want it on Monday. Yes. <laughs> wow, that's very and that intense. happens all the time. <laughs> wow, that is very but because intense. The, because there are people they always can, they can do it, you know. I mean, it's stressful, and to be honest with you, I don't think it's very fair. You yeah. know, to put to put people in so much pressure. Absolutely, but but that's how it works, and that's how it is, and that's how everyone works. To be honest, you've probably answered this in a different way, but um, already. But when it comes to your actual role, what are common misunderstandings that people usually have? Well, I think the industry likes to pigeonhole you. For example, just because you made three things that they were pink, doesn't mean that all the things that you're going to make are going to be pink. 
but right. you get asked to make pink things for a right. long time. Right. And uh, for example, I tried to get into the film industry for a while with right. no success right. because there is this kind of prejudice towards, like, I don't know, the, the theater work because the theater uh, sings from a stage. So the details, they don't have to be so. But that's not true because everything is super done beautifully and the details, especially nowadays, everything gets filmed. So everything needs to be done proper. But in film, they seem to think that because you work in theater, you're not as uh, neat or precise. Right. You know? And, and yeah, and, and also most people, you know, the misunderstanding is, yeah, people think that we, we do have like a magic wand and you can just knock stuff, something up from day into another because right. they don't have an actual understanding of our constructions or, you know, they just come with these decreases ideas and they think you can just do it you know, like this, but right. it actually takes a lot of thinking and processing, you know, to, to make it happen. Right. I, I guess you do see this quite often when it comes to the creative arts once, or probably even wider than that. Once people, once people are perceived to be good at one thing, people stop. It's almost like they're too risk averse. They're like, okay, we, we know this person is good at this thing. So we will only go to this person for this thing. So we're not going to risk trying something else with this person. But then they end up potentially missing out on an individual who exactly. has got a lot of skills. And it, it is unfortunate. And it is something that does happen relatively, relatively often. Exactly. That's why I, I like to collaborate with lots of different people that they do very very diverse things just because i don't want that to i, I don't want that you know it's just a soul destroying yeah absolutely so what makes a good prop designer uh what makes a good prop designer well i think you need to be able to understand the brief which is not always uh, easy because yeah. not everyone you know can express their idea like the way you would express it right so you kind of need to yeah you need to understand the brief and you need to think outside the box so you need to think like all, all the possibilities everything that goes wrong everything that could be right or even once you've done a job you kind of need to look at it with a critical eye and, and list everything that could have been done better because right. it can always be have, have been done better. So, yeah, I think, yeah, to be a good prop designer, yeah, I think, yeah, you need to be always curious and you always need to be wanting to learn new things, new skills, and also you need to, you, you shouldn't take things too personally or get too attached to the things that, that you're doing. Yeah. And yeah, and because you work with so many people and everyone has got their own their own opinion. Right. I'm really bad with that. I get attached to things very easily. Yeah, I know, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I struggle. <laughs> <laughs> so Especially I, I, when you make something with your hands. You yeah. know, just then to give it away. Or when you see them, like, they're throwing it from one side of the stage to the other, you're like, oh, my God, no, my baby. <laughs> <Gentle>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing. 
Thank you. That was absolutely amazing. How can our our listeners find you online? Well, I've got a website. It's www.virnapasquinelli.com. And on my website, you can see all my millinery work, my stage work, and all the prop work. It is a very busy website. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also, uh, I've got my Instagram page at virna.pasquinelli. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Blazing. If you enjoyed the episode, remember to subscribe and rate and review us on your favorite streaming platform. 